Michelangelo was once asked, how are you able to create such wondrous sculptures and works of art? How can something so ingenious and innovative emanate from mere mortal hands? And without skipping a beat, Michelangelo responded, before I even begin my work, the sculpture is already complete within the marble block. My job is simply to discover it and then chisel away the superfluous material. In other words, the dormant potential already exists beneath the surface. And the job of the artist is simply to discover that which is hidden within, transforming the concealed into the revealed. And this idea touches upon a deep truth within Jewish thought because we're about to begin this year's Torah cycle by reading Parshas Paratius. And while many think that Adam Harishan alone was worthy of a fascinating creation story, every single one of us has our own unique creation story as well. The Gemara Nida of Lamed Amabes 30b discusses a very enigmatic tale describing the initial stage of each of our formations. The Gemara explains that when you were just a fetus, you were in a perfected and transcendent state of being. A malach, an angel, taught you kol ha-Torah kula, all of Torah, and you saw all of reality with a crystal clear lens. However, the Gemara continues with an anticlimactic punch, literally, because just before you were born, this malach struck you on the mouth, causing you to forget everything you learned. And two obvious questions arise. First of all, why does the malach make you forget what you've learned? But more importantly, if he's going to cause you to forget it, why even teach it to you in the first place? And the Vilna Gon explains as follows. When the Gemara states that the fetus learns all of Torah, it doesn't mean that you are learning basic Chumash with Rashi, but rather it refers to the deepest realms of Torah, a transcendent Torah that's beyond this world. And this Torah is the very root of reality, and you understood every aspect of it clearly. Not only were you shown this level of Torah, but you were also learning your specific share of Torah. You were being shown your unique purpose in the world and how your unique role fits into the larger scheme of the human story as a whole. You were given a taste of your own perfection, of what you could, should, and hopefully will become. But most importantly, when the Malach struck you, you didn't lose this Torah. Rather, you lost access to it. Instead of it disappearing completely, this state of self became buried deep within your subconscious. And the reason is as follows. What you received in the womb wasn't real. It was merely a gift, something unearned and undeserved. The goal of life is to come into this world and rebuild all that you once were in the womb. However, this time it's going to be real. Because this time you built it yourself. In essence, your job in this world is not to create yourself, but rather to recreate yourself, to re-attain your original state of perfection as you were shown by the Malach. And this time, however, it has to be done through free will, by choosing to become great. Only by overcoming challenge and difficulty and asserting your free will can you fulfill your true potential. In essence, our entire life is a story of teshuva, of returning 
to our original higher and true self. And perhaps this is why we sometimes have a sense of recognition when we hear a deep thought or a profound insight. Instead of feeling like we're learning it for the first time, everything just clicks, almost as though we already knew this idea. And it's because we do already know it. We're not learning, we're rediscovering what we already learned in the womb, what's ingrained within us. Rav Soloveitchik, or Yosef Dov Soloveitchik, speaks of a very similar idea explaining that we learn all of Torah in the womb to enable us to learn it in this world. The Torah is already there, and now we just have to invest the effort to build it and manifest it into reality, into this world. And this explains a very interesting Gemara in Baba Metziah, Davav Amabay 6b. The Gemara says that if someone claims to have exerted himself in learning, but has failed to succeed, you should not believe him. And likewise, if he claims to have put no effort into his learning, but claims that he did succeed, you also shouldn't believe him. Only someone who claims to have exerted himself on learning and succeeded should be believed. And the Vilna Gun raises a fascinating question. The wording of the Gemara is Yagati Umatsasi. If he claims to have exerted himself and succeeded Umatsasi, then he should be believed. But the word Matsiya doesn't mean to succeed, it means to find. Shouldn't the Gemara have used a word such as Asisi Palti or Itzalti, which refer to accomplishment or, or achievement? Why Metziah, Matsasi? So the Vilna Gun explains that this is in consonance with the aforementioned idea. Genuine learning isn't about discovery or achievement. It's about finding what already lies dormant within your subconscious, what you learned when you were in the womb. And this same idea is what lies at the heart of the classic debate between Plato and John Locke. Locke claimed that the human mind begins as a blank slate and that a human being is then molded and printed upon based on everything he or she learns and experiences throughout life. Plato, however, quotes Socrates, who believed that everyone is born with the knowledge of everything, and they've simply lost access to it, and therefore the job of the teacher is not to teach new material, but to help the student come to understand on his or her own what they already know deep within themselves. This is why the word educate comes from the Latin word which means to take out or draw forth, because teaching is nothing other than drawing out the potential that lies dormant within the student. And with this principle in mind, let us explore the process of human growth. Many people grow from the outside in. They look around at society, at their friends, the people around them, and then they shape themselves to fit their surroundings, the clothes they wear, the food they eat, the things they talk about, all become a reflection of their external surroundings. In other words, many people feel like they're a slab of clay. They mold themselves to fit to their environment. But what if we realize that, much like Michelangelo's sculptures, we too are already perfectly formed beneath the surface, and our job in life is not to take a slab of stone and sculpt something beautiful. Our job is to discover who we truly are, who we already are, and then to chisel away the superfluous material and to express our inner and true self. Growth is not about becoming great, it's about becoming you. And learning is not about discovery, it's about self-discovery. You are a masterpiece covered with stone, and your job in this world is to uncover 
your true self. And after developing oneself, the next step towards greatness is contributing that uniqueness towards something greater than yourself, finding yourself within a greater whole, within a greater self, within Klai Yisrael. And that's why the greatest thinkers in Talmud HaChemim are the ones who are both loyal to the Mesorah and are able at the same time to express their uniqueness and develop the Mesorah further which is the very essence of Torah Shabbat, the ability for a human being to express his unique Torah into the world while still being loyal to the objective body of Torah. Torah Shabbat doesn't change. It never changes from its original form that Hashem gave, but Torah Shabbat is in continuous development. It's the medium through which human beings can become part of Torah, part of the creative process. And the Vilnagon builds upon the previous idea that we've been developing with an absolutely chilling message. The Gemara states that when you leave this world, you will meet three malachim, three angels. One angel will ask you, where are your mitzvos? And the second angel will ask you, where are your averos? And the last angel will ask you, where is your Torah? And although the first two questions make sense, the third one is puzzling, because after all, learning Torah is a mitzvah and should therefore be included within the first angel's questions. Where are your mitzvahs? So why is this a separate, unique question? But the Vilna Gun explains that when you see this third malach, you're going to recognize him because he is the same malach who taught you kol ha-Torah kula in the womb, who showed you your individual greatness and potential in this world. Now he's here to greet you as you leave this world. And to ask you, where is your Torah? I gave it to you in the womb for free. Did you build it yourself? Did you make it your own? Did you fulfill your purpose in this world? Which is beyond the chashbon, beyond the calculation of mitzvahs and virus, did you fulfill your unique purpose? And in just a few weeks, Avram will be told to leave his home and to go on his journey. Hashem tells him two unforgettable words, lach lecha which literally means go, but l'cha can also be read as go to yourself, l'cha, to yourself. Avram was being commanded to embark on a journey to himself, to his true self, because the genuine journey of life is the journey to the self. And what we refer to here is going back to your root self, going back to your fetal self, your perfect ideal self. And as we begin this year's Torah cycle, we should be inspired to bring our own Torah into this world, to express our unique self and to become the ultimate version of ourselves in this world.